The opinions expressed on this podcast are not necessarily those of the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District or its employees. For more information about the Sewer District and its projects and programs, visit neorsd.org. The Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District presents Clean Water Works, a podcast that explores water, sewer, and stormwater issues that affect you and your community. Learn about the people, projects, and programs that are protecting your health and the environment here in Cleveland and throughout Northeast Ohio. We all live in this community together, and it's never going to be a good day for someone to have their water shut off. Because, as you know, our service has health benefits. It has benefits in every aspect of a person's life. And because we are so interrelated, a group of people that are living without clean, safe, affordable water is going to impact all of us. So housing stock, you know, it's, it's in all of our best interest to um, make sure that everyone has access to clean, safe, affordable water. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just about the individuals who come to the utility um, resource fairs and who ask for assistance for the time that they need it. It's really about all of us in community together making sure that our community is healthy in every aspect of the word. Let's do some introductions, I think. Do you want to do the introductions today? Sure, I can do that. Um, Today, we have Constance Hawk. She is our Chief Administrative Officer here at the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District. Thank you for joining us today, Constance. It's my pleasure. I'm I'm, I'm thinking the audience for this one. I mean, I have in the back of my mind different audiences for different episodes. Then this one, I think it would be people who work at other utilities and make policy for those utilities and how mm-hmm. how we have found it helpful to engage the community on the topic of affordability. Yeah, also, I think it's important that, first of all, people know we look at affordability. So when we do a rate study every five years, uh, affordability is a part of that overall look. And, you know, obviously our rates are set based on what we need to efficiently and effectively operate this um the, the work that we do for our operations. But we also know that um, we don't get federal funding and the, and the money that we do, that we do get from the federal government is in the form of loans mm-hmm. that have to be paid back. And those loans that are, are all paid back and all of our rates are um, the responsibility of our rate payers. Mm-hmm. And so even in the best of circumstances, even with that knowledge, there are people who simply cannot afford um, to pay our, our bills. And our goal to have everyone have access to clean, safe, affordable water means that we have to address affordability. And we have done that for decades. And we've enhanced those over the years for people who have episodic events in their lives which cause them to uh, struggle with their bills, like a unexpected illness or a divorce or a loss of a job. So we, pro- we provide them a bit of a safety net in order to kind of get over that hump. 
And then we have those who simply need to have a reduced bill to make it affordable for them um, to pay for their sewer and stormwater bills. Our affordability program, which we will be calling the Rate Reduction Program next year, um, which offers a 40% discount to um, eligible customers, the criteria for that had been 200% of poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, we increased that to 250%, which added another 20,000 customers to that program or who would be eligible. So now our task is to actually go out and get them signed up. Mm-hmm. which is why we have the utility fairs and the type of um, outreach that we that we do. And previously that was only available to homeowners, correct? And we also increased it, thank you, um, for um, renters who pay their sewer and water bill. So we had not been able to offer our programs to renters in the past, and so we wanted to include those because a lot of poverty in our communities and in any community is concentrated among people who are renters as well as homeowners, but mm-hmm. certainly renters. So we were that would increase um those eligible in our service area by another 20,000 people. So in the most recent changes that we've made, 40,000 additional people in our service area could be eligible for our affordability programs. And so um, we're excited about outreaching to them. So there was federal funding which kept sewer bills, would you say, artificially low. They were subsidized by the federal government. And then why did the funding go away? Um you know, politics is such that, <laughs> you, know, you know, something's a hot topic at one point and, and another mm-hmm. it's not. And I'm not really sure why it went away, but it, it became it kind of fell off the radar nationally as a priority. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're especially when you're talking about our type of infrastructure, which is underground and in some cases not seen, water is, of course, more um obvious to people than sewer. Um, but nevertheless, um, it became something that the federal government was not um, funding. And I think we see evidence of that in the communities as far as like there used there was funding to help cover some of these infrastructure improvements. Mm-hmm. And then for a very long time, there wasn't right until we got this um ARPA funding and bipartisan infrastructure bill funding, You, we've seen that a lot of communities just haven't been able to pay to maintain their local sewer systems at all. There's been this very long time period of communities not being able to afford it. And so with these new funding programs um, like the bipartisan infrastructure bill and, pe- and communities using their ARPA dollars um, – It is nice to see that, but I guess I'm a little worried about what happens when that goes Mm -hmm. away, right? Absolutely. And I think the other thing about that is that's why we do outreach. People aren't going to pay for something that they don't understand Mm -hmm. where their money's going, why it's important. And that's why, you know, it's who we are, what we do, and why what we do is important becomes um, the foundation for our outreach. And so I stand at the... um, bus stop um, during Clean Water Fest every year and just wait for people to get off the bus after they've toured our Southerly facility and had a chance to see how we treat wastewater. And every year, I don't have to ask somebody, because I have on a t-shirt so they know I'm a staff, and so someone will say to me, oh my God, I never realized what you all did. I never knew 
what my money was going for. Everybody should come on this tour. Everybody should know. So how are people going to make a priority something that they don't understand, they don't know, um, they don't, um, and, and they take for granted? Right. And so it's so important for us um, at all levels of our community, from school kids to um, college kids to Mrs. Jones on the corner, to know what we do and why what we do is important. Getting customers to sign up for these programs is a challenge in itself. It absolutely is. People who are struggling um, are not always able to complete lengthy applications and provide extensive documentation, verifying and then re-verifying their employment. And people who are struggling have difficulty reaching out. They have difficulty trusting um, and also providing the extensive documentation that sometimes is required. And we've been looking for ways to provide them opportunities to have access to signing up to programs at times of the day that fit their um, schedules at locations that they can get to because they're on a bus line. There may be literacy issues. There may be language issues. There may be disability issues. So providing folks assistance and then if we can find ways to auto-enroll people, then we're also looking for that. So the county has a program for seniors at a certain income level where they um, they lower their tax rate. It's the exact same eligibility that we would have for our affordability program. So we have been direct mailing to those individuals saying, hey, you're on the county homestead program. You're likely eligible. Send back um, this letter to us. We put a stamp self-addressed envelope, and then they become auto-enrolled in our program. Mm -hmm. So we're looking for ways to make um, signing up easier for people. Can you talk a little bit about the utility resource fairs? Why did we start doing them? We participated about four years ago in an activity that the then Senator um, Sandra Williams um, sponsored. It was an event that brought all the utilities um, into one room and people could come and ask questions about their bills and sign up for rates um, and cost saving programs. Um, so she would get about 50 people, you know, coming to her events. So I got the idea that this is a great way to get um, to outreach to our customers. And so we have been able to um, include not only um, our employees for water, for uh, wastewater and stormwater, but also um, Cleveland Water, um, Cleveland Public Power, um, First Energy, and Dominion uh, to participate in a series of fairs where on a Saturday morning people can come to a location in their neighborhood and uh, sign up for cost-saving programs. And so we have now done 13 of those fairs. Last year was our first year. We did six. We were able to serve 952 people. This year we did seven, and we saw um, 1,200 people. 
at those fairs. So the, the idea is to sign people up mm-hmm. at, on the spot. And people who were, who were or are in disconnection status, we attempted to get the utilities to put their disconnections on hold so that they would have time to let th- their applications work through so they would not have to be disconnected. So they have an issue with their lights. They have an issue with their gas. They have an issue with their sewer or their water. And so they get a chance to... Um, have access to the service providers for all of those. And we know what this individual actually needed. And so after the fairs, each fair, our customer service staff calls, did you get the service that you needed? Are you still pending? What do you still need? And that's how we know um, who has been helped and who has not. I think follow through is really important. Even, you know, in in my job in the day to day when we're talking to residents and you say you're going to call somebody back, you better call them back. Right. Right. And so I think when we have these people who show up and they've got kids in tow or they have to go to their job right after. And it is really overwhelming. I've worked like one of the tables where you're trying to figure out what people are, are in need of and what they actually qualify for. And there's so much paperwork and all of the forms are confusing and they need all this documentation. And so the actual callback is sort of like the, hey, we're still here for you and we want you to get the services you need. Yeah, and that's really important to us. So when we ask ourselves, what is our measure of success? Just having people come through the door is not our measure. Right. Our measure is, did you get the help? Did you actually get what you, you needed? That you needed. Yeah. And that's um, why we do the additional um, work of touching base with people afterwards. Um, you know, we can't help everybody, but we, we've been able to help many people, and we're very, very excited about, about that. And time is precious. You know, people spend over an hour sometimes at the fair trying to get what they need. Mm-hmm. And that is an hour that they could have spent working or they could have spent with their kids. And Mm -hmm. so making sure something actually comes out of that at the end of the day is really important. And we've been doing these resource fairs now for one year, two Two years, two years, gotten pretty good at it, Mm -hmm. learned a lot of lessons. And for other utilities in other cities um, who are interested in this conversation, we've actually compiled a uh, kind of a how-to manual. We have. DIY. How to do your own utility resource fair. We have. We've captured a lot of our lessons learned and our processes. Mm -hmm. So every fair we debrief and we learn from. Um, We invited the food bank to come Mm -hmm. and um, they provide food for um, those who come. And um, so they take away a bag of food. Each fair we have innovated a a little more and provided an enhancement that we think um, makes it even better. Constance, what is your background? I don't think I know. I feel Um, like I should and I don't. Okay. What do you want to know? Um, I'm, well, I'm a native Clevelander. Um, I um, went to Cleveland Metropolitan Schools. I'm a graduate of John Adams High School. I went to Tufts University, um, studied uh, education and history, 
and uh, went to Case um, for graduate school. I'm a social worker by profession. Oh, okay. I spent kind of like a three-legged stool in my career. The first leg I spent at a large nonprofit called Inroads. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a national, now international organization that places talented min- uh, minority young people in um, corporate jobs, in technical fields, and um, places them in full-time employment after college. And then I ran the Nordson Corporation uh, Foundation uh, for a decade, and and then I came here. Okay. I knew nothing about. I mean, I was. I have been a homeowner. I had been a homeowner um, when I came here for a, a number of years. Mm-hmm. So I always paid this bill. Right. But it never. I never really understood um, this industry. So it's been an amazing learning experience for me. I'm so happy to be in the water field. It's just great. You know, I I don't know if it's interesting to note that. Um, when I was hired 19 years ago, I was hired as the first communications director mm-hmm. because the district had, um, like many other utilities around the country, had a philosophy of kind of flying under the radar with customers. Mm-hmm. Um, for many years, our bills were pretty affordable. Um, people kind of paid them, didn't really know exactly what we did. But we knew that when we were going to enter into the consent decree, that our bills were going to go up and that um, all of that um, burden would go on to our ratepayers. Mm-hmm. And we needed them to know. The board decided, and Erwin O'Deal was the executive director at the time, decided that we needed to engage with the public in a way that they would know what their money is going for. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how we started the, uh, along the path. And so that's why our philosophy, and Mike can recite this, I'm sure, is for the public to know who we are, what we do, and why what we do is important. And so that kind of guides our, our work. We are part of the national discussion on the key mm-hmm. issues in our industry mm-hmm. and affordability and cost saving and workforce. Those are all um, issues mm-hmm. that we are not only working on here, but we are a part of the larger discussions. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that's another thing that Northeast Ohioans can be proud of, that, you know, our utility is recognized as one of the um, most efficient and effective utilities in the country. And are there cues that we're taking from other cities and how they're uh, approaching affordability? Absolutely. We steal from them liberally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So as they learn something, a good example is San Antonio, Texas. They have a very, very robust affordability and outreach Mm -hmm. um, program. We have uh, spoken to them many times and had an opportunity to um, to learn from uh, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not the only ones, but they're one of the best in the country. And so we're really proud to have partnered with them and learned from them. You want to talk about your hobbies, Constance? No, I do not. <laughs> no, we always do hobbies. Uh, seriously? Typically, typically we, we talk we about what ask. people what people do for um, you know in their free time what they enjoy doing or what sparks joy for you. <laughs> I do a lot of things. It's kind of hard to say. I mean, I um, have a active role in my family. I uh, I'm a Reiki master. Oh wow! Uh, so I have taught Reiki and I have also done Reiki uh, for a decade or more. 
You're a Reiki master? Mm-hmm. Can you uh, tell our listening audience what Reiki is? If it's not- energy work. It's energy work. Reiki is universal life force energy, and basically it's a healing art. Um, it's kind of like the old biblical laying on of hands, mm-hmm. where you move the energy within the body to bring about wellness and health. You're moving energy throughout a person's body. Correct. And you've been doing this for 10 years? Um, Well, actually, a little bit more than that. Do you have clients? I don't do it as actively as I used to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I taught it to a group of township women in South Africa. And um, I've taught it to a number of people who do it professionally now. You can also do Reiki on yourself, which I do. You can do it on yourself. You can do it long distance um, where you actually don't touch a person. Um, Everything is energy. This table is energy. Um, And so being able to move energy. And energy moves all the time. And when it moves at the correct pace, then you're in good health. And when it's not, um, you're not in good health. And a lot of times um, you'll find... When people are sick, their energy is very, very slow. Mm -hmm. And so um, being able to help move that helps them to get well. Is it to do this? This is a whole other topic. I know. We've got got a couple minutes to go. Okay, you can cut this off. Mike just got this part. Is it a state of mind that you're entering where you're able to connect with the other person and sense where their energy is or... I, you know, there's I don't want a, a whole how-to, how but just basically what's the— there's a number, There are a number of ways that people tend to do it. Um, the way I do it and the way I teach it is you um, show up for the person. You do not predict. You do not, um, you do not um, direct. You show up as a conduit. And so one of the greatest things to learn if you're going to be an um, a energy worker— is to get yourself out of the way mm-hmm. and to have not have a need. And so someone will get off the table and say, and you'll ask them, you know, how, how you're feeling. And they're like, I didn't feel anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And two days later, they'll be like, oh, my God. But you have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're performing. You are showing up for people. It's a It's a skill, and it's a mindset. So... When I put my hands on you, I am opening myself to um, be there for your best and highest good mm-hmm. and without knowing what that is. Mm-hmm. So I, I volunteered at the Gathering Place, which is a mm-hmm. center for those experiencing cancer, for about 10 years. And they provide free Reiki for people who are experiencing cancer. Um, so, you know, I work with, you know, strangers and people I didn't really know. And um, you just show up for the people. And uh, it's, it's, um, it's very re- rewarding work to do mm-hmm. with people who are going through a very difficult time. Mm-hmm. My dad practices Reiki. Does he? And Qigong. And oh, wow. he's a Buddhist. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I'm familiar. You know, I'd like hurt myself at basketball and he'd come over mm-hmm. and be like doing mm-hmm. Reiki on me mm-hmm. while I'm like sitting on the bench in sixth grade. Yeah. That was like, oh, that's so cool. How I was raised. <laughs> yeah. My, my dad, um, before he passed, you know, don't do any of that stuff on me. Oh, you know, so yeah, what I sure. do is when he was, when I'd go over and he'd be sick, you know, I just take his feet, you mm-hmm. know, and I, and he'd say, are you coming back over to do that again? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I would never say the word. Yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. You know, I would just say, and you're not supposed to actually um, do Reiki on anyone without their permission. Mm-hmm. I always say unless they're family or kids. <laughs> yeah, so. So I used to give him Reiki, but he didn't even know it. He went to his grave not knowing. Not knowing. That he actually had a Reiki treatment. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there you go. But he liked it. Last week we uh, went to my mother's. My mother was um, honored by the Volunteers of America with a facility named after her. Oh, my goodness, Godson. That's amazing. So it's the Judge Sarah J. Harper Village, and it's right near the VA hospital. It was built from the ground and it was dedicated in April. It's 12 units for women veterans. Wow. And they can live there as long as they need to, and they each have their own apartment. And mm-hmm. um, so they're funny. They, they call themselves um, 12 Strong. That's cool. And they represent every branch pretty much of, except I don't think Coast Guard, but every branch of the military. So a lot of them are, you know, Navy and Army and yeah. Marine Corps veterans, and they have experienced things like, you know, homelessness and Mm -hmm. drug addiction and things like that. So having this safe place to be, just hanging out with them was just really, really inspiring. You know, they are working so hard to to be well and Mm -hmm. to um, contribute and to support one another. That's really beautiful. That's Mm -hmm. cool that you guys got to do that together. Yeah, that was fun. Constance Hawk. Yes. The chief, Michael Uva. The chief administrative officer. So many dimensions. Constance, thank you so much for joining us today on Clean Water Works. It's a pleasure. Happy thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Did you know eligible customers can save up to 40% on their sewer charges? Learn more about the Sewer District's cost-saving programs and use our discount calculator at neorsd.org save or call 216-881-8247. That's neorsd.org save or 216-881-8247. Clean Waterworks is produced by the Communications and Community Relations Department at the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District. Our music was composed and performed by G.S. Shrey. If you have a question or suggestion, or if you'd like to learn more about the Regional Sewer District, visit neorsd.org or call 216-881-8247.